Hey guys, welcome to Recommend or Refute, our episode where we each discuss a separate movie that we saw and tell each other whether we enjoyed it or not, whether we would recommend it or refute it. I'm going to jump in first. This week I watched 1941's Ball of Fire. Great educators throughout the world have been forced to streamline our dictionaries and encyclopedias because of the demands of modern slang. Selected to perform this Herculean task of rewriting these ponderous volumes of knowledge is Professor Bertram Potts, who knows nothing about the subject of slang. This is research, isn't it? Yes. Certainly. Who is that guy learned so much from watching an apple drop? Isaac Newton, the law of gravity. Yeah, that's him. And I want you to look at me as another apple, Professor Potts. It's a screwball comedy from the early 40s, directed by Howard Hawks, written by Billy Wilder, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Gary Cooper, uh, that I had been wanting to see for a while and just hadn't gotten around to it. There's no Blu-ray of it, and the restoration isn't that good. Like, it really needs somebody to come in and clean it up and put out a good version of it. But it was on Criterion Channel, and it was leaving at the end of February. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to watch it before it rolls off. I'm a big fan of Barbara Stanwyck. I think she's one of the best actors of that era, kind of the 30s through the 50s. Just a lot more kind of realistic and down to earth than a lot of actors at the time that are stage actors acting a little bit more for the back row. So I always really enjoy her and stuff. And she's a lot of fun in this movie. She plays a singer named Sugar Puss O'Shea. I just saw that. Oh my I just God. saw yep. that on the, the credits. <laughs> Gary Cooper plays a professor named Bertram Potts, who is working with a group of professors that are a bunch of nerds who are like middle-aged to old single men who are all living together and working on making the world's greatest encyclopedia. And they have been doing it for years and they're doing it on the endowment of some dead guy who had like, that was his dying wish that his estate go to making this encyclopedia, but they're way over budget. They've been taking longer than they were supposed to. And the daughter of the, the dead guy is like upset that they're not meeting their time frame. They're on the letter S and they're trying to move all the way through it. Bertram Potts, uh, played by Gary Cooper, is a linguistics professor. And so he is, uh, he's in the S's, he's working on slang and he's trying to write the definitive encyclopedia article of slang. But he's a professor who lives with a bunch of other professors and never gets out into the world and realizes that he doesn't know anything about slang and decides to go out into the world and experience slang and write his, his encyclopedia <laughs> article, which is a funny concept, I think. And he runs into Barbara Stanwyck at a nightclub who is doing a musical performance there and he's recruiting all these people he runs into like hey you need to come to where i work and we're gonna do like a survey and i need to learn how you talk so i can write this article about slang which is so funny that you would write a, an, an article about slang into a physical encyclopedia that is like going to be out of date right after you print it you know so Barbara Sandwick ends up going over there and she is connected to the mob and there is a death. She is connected to the person who committed it. So she needs to get out of the limelight for a while. So she finagles her way into staying with all of the professors in their big house while they're working on this uh, encyclopedia article about slang. So it's all of these implied virgin old men who are <laughs> these stuffy professors who are they're just shocked that an attractive woman of the world has come into their abode and is is staying with them. And a lot of funny bits go on 
from there. And perhaps love is in the air at some point, as you would expect in a movie of this time. And I thought it was a blast. It was a lot of fun to watch. You know, I like screwball comedies of that era. It isn't my favorite of that time. I think Lady Eve is better in some of Preston Sergis's work. Yeah. I probably liked a little bit more. But like it's written by Billy Wilder. It definitely works. Like it's a good script. Barbara Sandwick is very charming in it. So had a had a really good time with it. Was there any slang that you learned watching it that you were like, that's hilarious? Oh, I should have written some stuff down. <laughs> it I doesn't think hold about up. There anymore. were definitely words that I had never heard that were like, you know, slang from the forties that I was like, Oh, I don't I don't know what that means, but okay. We interrupt this podcast to bring you the following nineteen forty slang. Fuddy duddy, gobbledygook, anchor cranker, doll dizzy, ducky shin cracker, gammon. Khaki wacky, stompers, and blowjob, which was the term used for the sonic boom left behind when a rocket or jet broke the sound barrier. Didn't see that one coming, did ya? Now back to those swell boys flapping their gums about moving pitches. Yeah, so like on your ranking, where does it stack up next to you said like Lady Eve is better like Preston Sturgis sort of stuff but yeah I like most of Sturgis's films I've seen I've liked a little bit better I think I probably liked it better than um Christmas in July okay um so it it was good it was a very entertaining movie I had had a lot of fun with it I remember one of the one of the slang words was Gary Cooper had never heard of the word corny before and uh, I thought that was, I was like, was that really a, a new word at the time that people were throwing around? Like the kids were saying, but the stuffy old professors had never heard. That's hilarious dating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've watched a lot of Billy Wilder stuff and Howard Hawks mm. as well. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I haven't seen this one because it's in the National Film Registry and some of his things I like are not even. Yeah, it's a really famous movie and I'm really surprised that it doesn't have a good restoration and a good release anywhere like the i was watching it on the criterion channel and it was like really um you know blurry and and just not not restored very well like you know visible issues in the film that you could see in uh the digital version i was like man like i'm shocked that nobody has actually put in, put some work into this thing but i imagine yeah, that will happen in the next couple of years or so but. It, if you sit down and look at Bi- billy weiler's like filmography now that I'm just like glancing real quick through it, I'm like, dang, he really cranked out some amazing movies. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and such a differences from like Sunset Boulevard to like this and some like it hot, like our the apartment, very, very, double indemnity. Apartment yeah. Indemnity. Yeah. yeah. Right. So very different sets of movies, but all really good at what they're doing. Um, yeah. I feel like I have to go back at this one because I'm like, yeah, I, haven't, I didn't even hear of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of cheesy and you know exactly where it's going, but you still have a fun time getting there. And you get to hear old men say the word sugar puss a lot. So that was, a, that was fun. Now, do they say it? How, is there like a certain intonation all of them say? Is it like the sugar bear commercials where that grandma's always like sugar puss? And like, <laughs> <laughs> they just say it normally, but you can tell they're like kind of not comfortable saying it. Uh, I, don't, I think they don't even reveal her actual name. Like, that's clearly her stage name. And I, I don't even, maybe if they do, it's like very late in the movie. But pretty much the whole time, she's she's just Sugar Puss. I would love it if there was like, is there a scene where she gets mail and it says Sugar Puss, just in big letters <laughs> on the address? That'd be fun. She like files her taxes in the movie under, under Sugar Puss. Also, Henry Travers is one of the professors who is Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. Well, Sugar Puss, you were never here. <laughs> there was nobody around to do the crimes with this <laughs> this mob and uh s z sakal was another one of the professors who is in casablanca 
as Carl, who is like the bartender. In oh, Casablanca. I know that guy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It, he's like German, right? Mm-hmm. Is he? Yeah. What watch? <laughs> right? Yeah, or is that yeah. A different? Okay. Such uh, watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's some good good character actors that pop up in it. So it's it's good. Well, I watched this Upper Peninsula little piece, little slice of life, written and directed by Jeff Daniels, called Escanaba in the Moonlight. Hello, my name is Albert Sodi. And if I got a buck story for you. The tale I'm about to tell starts in November of 89 in the Sodi Deer Camp, located just north of Escanaba, Michigan, otherwise known as the heart and soul of the Upper Peninsula. That's north of the Mackinac Bridge and just south of heaven. For those of you that don't know nothing. What now? Escanaba in the Moonlight. Mm. And it's a 2001 drama comedy. Basically, Jeff Daniels plays the youngest of this family, this Upper Peninsula family, these Youpers. Uh, is Joe Para in this movie? Joe Para is not, but it did channel some real Joe Para vibes at times, and I loved it. I mean, it was part of the reason why it was recommended to me by one of my friends. Oh, okay. And Jeff Daniels is one of the Sodi family members, and they say it in this fantastic way all the time. They're like, This is the Sodi Deer Camp. Founder. The world famous Sodi Deer Camp. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> is that Albert Sodi Sweet Sap Whiskey order, I see? Might be so lucky. Yeah, well, better have me a snorty. He has never actually shot a buck during hunting season. And it is at this point like the talk of the town. Like everybody knows that he's cursed or they think he is. So there's literally like comedic scenes where people will see him and they'll drop their groceries and just run away. Like they don't want to be anywhere near him. <laughs> and his, his wife who is a native American blesses his, his upcoming hunting trip and gives him all of these things to try to bring in the spirits to help him kill a buck. And it's all about him trying to achieve that. That's the entire story. However, like halfway through it turns into evil dead And the spirits possess him and all this other weird shit happens. And the family is like freaking out in this cabin that's isolated out in the middle of the woods. But it's all done in a very like comical, goofy way. It feels a little tonally dissonant. It really rides the line. But I still had a really good time. It was fun. It was fresh and different for me. And it was also just something I didn't I wasn't aware Jeff Daniels worked on at all. And it felt very personal and like it came from a passionate place um, that he wanted to write this sort of story that really told you more about that Upper Peninsula experience. Escanaba in the Moonlight is a is a very independent movie. I got to use a lot of the actors from my Purple Rose Theater Company in it, and uh, um, we, we that's a favorite. That one meant a lot because we kind of really did it on our own. I'm sure is he from there? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, but it, it just it captures a lot of little quirks that I was like, I'm sure that a lot of people who watch this, it really channels it for them. If they're from that area or if they move somewhere, it's like a comfort food kind of movie. For me, I was just more in awe at how weird parts of it were, how like certain characters you definitely need subtitles for. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it just, it's so goofy and has all this weird, like they talk about UFOs coming into the forest and people seeing them. Oh, very timely. Yeah. Like all those kinds (laughs) of things. So (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I was really delighted by it. I was perplexed by it at times, but overall I had just a great experience. It's not the most profound movie, um, but it it feels like it came from a a really heartfelt place and it was fun. So I would recommend it, uh, even though at times it kind of straddled that line of getting a little too weird and creepy. Just it, it always brought itself back down and 
managed to make it fun the entire time through. So, and there's a good sense of like character arc at the end of it. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. I had a good time and I would recommend it. Nice. What is an Escanaba? Escanaba is apparently a region um, of the Upper Peninsula. It's like a small town or there's a forest nearby there and it it all takes place overnight. So Escanaba in the moonlight. Is it like the title makes it sound like a love story or something? Is there? That is, it's more of like, oh, this, you know, this forest that seems sort of normal during the day really changes at night because of the things that happen. And everybody says duh anytime they go to say the for things they're like duh yeah we went over there and dad and like just it, the dialect is fun when me. i when i heard the title i was like is this a spike lee movie like what? I, yeah there was a bit of like i was like escanaba into moonlight what is what is it about <laughs> but um yeah it, it just has escanaba into five bloods <laughs> if you if you liked fargo because of the way that folks spoke it's got that same kind of like fun vibe to it and it's got slapstick comedy it's got some fart jokes but those jokes actually landed for me they weren't just like oh it's a fart ha 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 it was set up with like a bunch of other props around it like at one point um, one of the characters gets stuck in like a daze and they're like, they're trying everything to get him out of it. And the only way they can think is that this one dude obviously has like the worst farts or he doesn't even have that bad of farts, but he just <laughs> is farting in his sleep. And they're like, we just got to prop him up and like put him in the dude's butt and like figure out how to make that guy fart. So they're like pumping his legs and all this fucking other random shit that you're like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on in this movie? It, it overwhelms you with that bizarre and goofy, but at other times it has like heartfelt emotional moments that actually land. It's able to thread that needle and like go between being serious and talking about somebody who feels like they've been a failure all their life and they really want to prove themselves. And then at the same time have this slapstick elements and this goofiness to it and levity. And I, I found it just uh, really compelling and charming. Nice. So how horribly did it bomb in the movie theaters? <laughs> I'm sure it bombed horribly because <laughs> I was only able to watch it on Tubi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Sounds about um, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's just, I was just looking up Jeff Daniels IMDb page and he only directed two movies and it was just this one. And then one the year later called super sucker from 2002 <laughs> that has 4.4 stars on IMDb. Oof. Uh, so it looks like they Hollywood just, just like didn't let him make any more movies after that. They're like, sorry, Jeff Daniels. You, yeah. uh, you wrote out your good time from dumb and dumber and all the other great movies you've been in. Uh, <laughs> he's such a good actor. Like I always really like him and stuff in his serious roles and his comedic roles. And you know, I, I would be interested to see, more of his voice in in things so i'll have to check this out um but yeah it would be interesting to see if the alternate universe where jeff daniels got a director career i was gonna say i think it's i think it's funny about jeff daniels because so many people think of him from dumb and dumber but he has so mm. much of a career and he had a serious career before and after right like, he's done so before much and good right serious after. work like, yeah yeah um but i do feel like it looks like a time period kind of right there after that mid nineties where he's trying to like serious himself up a little bit to, to kind of get away from that again, to get back mm-hmm. to the roles that he was serious in. Yeah. Um, and I, I appreciate glancing at this cause my Im- immediate look, cause I was like, okay, you mentioned the bit about the native American. I'm like, is it actress actually native American? And she is. So I feel good about that. Oh, nice. And she's in uh she's in reservation dogs, which I throw out oh, uh, nice. again as a, as a shout out for a really excellent TV show. Um, watch that instead of Yellowstone. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it did do a respectable job of like talking about Native American rituals. It didn't. It exposes moments. They're the family that like Jeff Daniels is a part of. They're not Native American, like his blood relatives, and they have a moment of them being like confused about what he's trying to do as like a chant and kind of a ritual. 
but they never really make it seem like, oh, that's dumb or that's, they don't try to relegate it to that. They more just show a disconnect of them not understanding, but trying to go along and support him to like help him get the buck. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like it's not playing it up for laughs or what I would assume an Adam Sandler film would do with Rob Schneider. Uh, right. Like that yeah. That we were, uh, and, and I mean, but it, it fits that in the upper peninsula and, and, you know, in Michigan in general, there are native tribes as well. And it's something that people would recognize and somewhat run into versus other parts of the country where there isn't that opportunity at all. And I think, uh, Dixon, you were like kind of looking this up a little bit because I disclosed this prior, but you said there was like a stage play that he wrote that was basically this. Yeah, at least in the written by section on IMDb, it says Jeff Daniels parentheses play slash uh, written by. Now I want to so. now I want to see the live play if, if there's like any kind of production of it still running. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I very much doubt that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it says Jeff Daniels wrote the play and the, the script for the for the movie so yeah it's uh the friend who recommended it to me when i talked to them about it after they were like did you like it and i was like yeah i found it really good it's kind of weird towards the end and they were like yeah after the halfway point i just kind of didn't really like it that much and i was like why did you recommend it other yeah. than just the, i guess the experience the first half kind of sold him on on recommending it to me but um yeah it's a short watch it's really light too so if you've had you know heavy day or something like that it's a good time to kick back and just chill out and have a good laugh with jeff daniels uh nice some, right. some, some we sodies. got to, we got two lighthearted comedies uh here so far that yeah. recommends ryan what do you got for yeah, us bring us down ryan no. <laughs> i watched uh we were looking for something again to watch with the kids so technically i watched the kids movie but it's a good movie so <laughs> like okay. taking aside yeah. we've uh, run out of you. movies to watch yes we watched swiss family robinson before and it was awful and we're still looking for things to watch and uh darla was looking up stuff and found a recommendation for Queen of Cotway. Mama. Can you do big things from such a small place? Don't think about such things. Why not? You'd be disappointed. In chess, the small one can become the big one. Why are you letting her win? I'm not letting her. You can see it moves ahead. Checkmate. 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 She won. You could be the best in all of Uganda. Good. How can I become a champion? Sometimes the place you are used to is not the place you belong. You belong where you believe you belong. Where is that for you? Which I had not even heard of. Um, but then we started to look at it and we're like, wow, this actually looks pretty decent. Um, so 20, 2016 movie that is a biographical kind of goes by the beats as a sports movie, but it's, you know, you sports movies work. They always kind of work Sometimes. and you always kind of enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know what you're getting and you're into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'll actually say this one adds some stuff on top of it that I is appreciate. Is there a training it, montage? That. Yeah. I mean, a few. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily as on the nose. Um, but it's it's a actually a story of the particularly framed around a Ugandan girl who grows up to become a grandmaster, I believe, in chess and as well as some of the other kids. And Katwe is a slum in Uganda, and there is a, a man who's part of a ministry group who trying to get the kids out is bringing them in to play chess and by bribing them to feed them porridge because they're not eating well. And ends up getting a few of these kids really into chess and the opportunity and finds this girl who is a genius and a prodigy at chess and 
beats him relatively quickly to where he's like, I don't even know what to do anymore. Like, she's better than me. Um, and he's has to fight to get her into better and better opportunities to play because one, the places that play chess don't want to bring someone from Cutway in and they don't go to school. They just live out in the slums. And so those opportunities just aren't there. And then even then, after winning some of those championships, Uganda's not necessarily wanting her to represent them or further. But eventually, as she does, she kind of gets reaccepted and even Cutway, you know, kind of re-recognized as like, okay, this is part of Uganda. And and she is a representative of us. The the interesting parts of this beyond the just like, hey, it's sports and they win chess. Um, it does a good job of pre- presenting the country as it is and the people as they are, the good, the bad, um, mm-hmm. and gives some pretty harrowing moments for these characters that they really went through um, and, and moments that really show you the just poverty on a scale that you can't know as an American mm-hmm. to see and to learn that these are real people. At the end, they actually do a little montage and they bring out the actor and the real person side by side for each of the major characters. Um, and to kind of know, like, they did get beyond it, but then still know that there are still these problems there. Um, it did a good job presenting that. And really, like, a few things that I was legit, like, holy shit, for this being essentially a kid's movie, where I was like, wow, that's really tense. And my kids were, like, a, a little overwhelmed in some of the emotional moments of it. I was very, very happy, very, very pleased with the movie. I was really surprised at how much I ended up, like, enjoying it and really liking it. Um, so I, like, totally recommend it as going out there it is a disney movie um for that yeah (laughs) yeah, it is a disney movie but i think it's more in like a having to get someone to distribute it not a disney necessarily want to make it i I do feel like this is a heartfelt movie from its core that wants to tell this story and and pulls it off the acting is great the kids are great like all around i really did think this was an excellent movie um nice i was i was surprised with it. it was really really great yeah, I remember when this came out and I was debating on whether to go see it, ended up deciding not to. On the one hand, I was like, it's got Lupita Nyong'o in it. It's getting good reviews. Maybe I'll check it out. On the other hand, I was like, it's a Disney movie that looks like it has a feel-good sports narrative. Uh, maybe I won't. And I ended up not going to see it. But I heard a lot of good things about it. So um, it sounds like it's worth uh, going back to check out. How How is Lupita Nyong'o? And she's the only actor that I recognize from the IMDb page. What What is she doing the movie shit it's good like they're all there's a good mix of who's in it she's actually not even like the main people within it yeah Mm -hmm. which which is interesting um but it's very common for her for some reason it's like very rare yeah she's given big roles oh david yellow is in it david yellow is kind of yeah so david yellow is probably the one who spent that you get the most time with really as as somewhat beyond the main protagonist of uh, our queen of Godway. Um, he's awesome. Like, I thought he was really awesome and he really carries it. And you can see how he cares for the kids and the struggles of trying to help out and to push it and kind of the funny, sometimes funny ways he gets around the things that are limiting. Um, Lupita is really good too. So she she plays the the mom character and there's a lot of strength that's within that. So I would say she's kind of the the next character in our ensemble beyond the kids and uh david to where she does play sort of the strong center and you do get the feeling of like how she wants her kids to have something better but feels stuck but also 
is hesitant of what other people's intentions are and at the same time how far she can go to help them but not lose herself either right in a place where it's really easy to fall into doing some really horrible things in order to get by um that I felt like it did a good job of getting like she gets up to that line but still wants to hold some level of ethics and herself and not give in to to everything so it was good like that was good like i actually think it had some really core pieces that weren't about like yay sports like yeah that was there but that was like more of like that kind of draws you in and gives you this narrative that you then really follow very realistic characters in very realistic situations i'll give away one moment that's not as surprising because you can kind of tell where it's going there's one that's more surprising that's earlier that i thought really gave away but towards the end there's like really horrible rainfall that happens and it's like flooding out absolutely everything. And within this, they have to move at one point. They they're out of money and they can't pay their rent for essentially what is a shack and end up having to move to a different part of town and they're living in another shack that's like an old church and it completely floods through. But in the meanwhile, the like older sister who's kind of been coming and going and she's maybe got a boyfriend and she's thinking, you know, there's there's questions about what she's been doing on the side. She's supposed to be watching a little one and ends up running off with her boyfriend. And so he's there alone as the flood actually comes in and like wrecks his place. And that is honestly realistic and harrowing. And anybody can sit there and feel like this kid, this really little kid in this situation. And in the back of your mind, you're like, this happens. And sometimes it's lucky and someone survives, but a lot of times they don't. You can feel that and think that. And there are moments like that in here that have nothing to do with chess that, that I thought were really done excellently. That, that sounds just like cocaine bear. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> just as on the nose as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad you're recommending it to me, Ryan, because, uh, Letterboxd says the similar film that I should check out is the blind side. And that would, that would actually push me away. Um, (laughs) well, the blind side has some interesting things to say in the way that it completely made up. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Well, I need to check this out. I, I thought David Yellowa was so good in Selma as Martin Luther King. And then it seems like he hasn't really gotten many big meaty roles to, to chew on since then. And like, He's, you know, occasionally side characters and stuff or he's in like British TV or something, but he hasn't really gotten like a big role like that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited to check this out at some point. I'm adding it to my my watch list right now. I it's I'm way more enticed by this story than I am by like Queen's Gambit. Yeah, it was kind of funny that like immediately I thought it and then afterwards I was like, that feels like Queen's Gambit. And I was like, yeah, except true and yeah. better true. and <laughs> yeah like that that was an it was an interesting feeling to be like yeah it's kind of the same thing that came before it and, and is real and better yeah it was kind yeah. of weird i don't know when the queen's gambit book came out like that was probably a while ago but still is this a movie that disney is like proud of and putting on disney plus or ashamed it's of on disney plus yeah oh, okay yeah That's it's good. on disney plus i don't know that they're like out i would actually be surprised to look I don't even think it probably showed up in their like um, Black History Month stuff, which it totally should have. Yeah. So I, I I don't know that they necessarily put it out there. I, I don't think that it necessarily did well. Um, it probably should have been like brought up or potentially like in the conversations for some nominations and stuff. And I don't know that it really did because um, I think it was really good. I'm looking at it now and I'm like, it's up for it's up for some awards, but it did okay. not the, not like huge ones necessarily. 
I'm, it's refreshing to hear you talk about a movie that you seem to really enjoy, Ryan, versus the normal, like, uh, my, my kids made me watch <laughs> yes. this god awful Netflix movie this week by like Illumination. Well, we watched some films. other stuff, but this was but, yeah. this was the one to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta watch something you enjoy every so often, Ryan. You know, it's like Doctor Recommended, I'm pretty sure, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good for my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, cocaine for the soul. Say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anything else before we wrap up, guys? No. What? What was? Uh, what was our our three here? Let's just recap. Oh yeah, yeah. So we had three recommends. I recommended Ball of Fire. John recommended Escanaba into Moonlight. Escanaba into Moonlight. And Ryan recommended Queen of Cotway. Queen of Cotway. Yep. So uh, yeah, three recommends to uh, counteract our eh on Cocaine Bear from uh, a the few days ago. Episode? So. Yeah. Um, you know, good to good to counteract that there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, thanks for joining us this week, guys. We'll see you uh, in a few days with uh, our uh, next episode. Yeah, we probably won't see you, but you get it. You fucking get yeah. it. No, 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 I will see you. I have cameras in your house. <laughs> okay. And you'll see the lawsuits. No, I'm just <laughs> we'll see what you're doing right now while you're listening to this. We know. Bob, stop picking your nose. <laughs>